stuff. Michael Harris, every time. Always at the top. Every time at the top. One, he's either at the top or second to the top. It's just crazy. Has he hit just the one home run? Three. Oh, he does get three. All of them to left field. He has it pulled one down the right field line as a left-handed batter. All of them have gone the opposite direction. But but he didn't need to to have the power, the home run power numbers. As long as he's getting on base and getting the hits and clutch hits. And he has a lot of gap doubles with his speed. Uh, yeah, he's he's a fun player to watch, that's for sure. All right, we got to take a commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. Tiger 95.9. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401. Or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. We're back here on Sports Call Tiger ninety five point nine FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. Hope that everyone's doing well and that they enjoyed their weekend. As uh, we're getting closer to the end of the month of June, closer to July, closer to college football, and uh, Thomas said, "I'm ready to go." 68 days away yeah. from Auburn playing Mercer inside Jordan Hare Stadium. Football. 68 days, but uh, it's going to be a long 68 uh, days, and there's a lot of things right. that Auburn needs to do. Got to figure out a quarterback. Well, you got to you got to figure, you gotta figure out, out a lot of things. Yes, uh, a lot of things, but also one of the big things is coming up in July, and that's just the recruiting cycle. Uh, July is a very crucial. Uh, Recruiting time. Decision and, time, yeah. Right, exactly. And so, uh, you know. We're seeing, because, you know, we talk about this, and I'm glad we've been having more of the recruiting. It's just important that Auburn does well we've, in July. We've been having more of the recruiting people on the show as of late. Because remember, June, this month currently, is camp season. A lot of right. high school football players are on campus going through camps and that sort of thing. July is really important, Tom. But the other side of the July piece is that the coaches can't do anything. Right, it's got to be a dead period for the. So then, July is important, and all you're doing is yeah. hoping and praying that you get some commitments from high school players, but right. the coach is not really involved. Right, but that, but that's the thing is the the commitments are going to be happening in July all yeah. over the country, and yeah. you need to make sure as Auburn, you get a few of them that you get. Gotta well, get that and some and high pro- higher end ones, right? Yeah. The high profile guys. I mean, if you're just if you're bringing in, you know, two star two star Bubba that nobody's ever even heard of, it's, it's like okay, well, you know. Thanks for joining, but you know we need the Arch Mannings of the yeah. world. Not that Arch Manning was ever coming here, but yeah. but you need the you got to have those. You got to have those high profile guys. Alabama, I think yesterday just had a five star cornerback yep. sign. Well, now there's yep. a shocker. A, def- a, a, def- a shocker. A five star defensive back goes to Alabama. I mean that never happens. Uh, but you know there there's several guys that Auburn really desperately needs to get commitments from. Um, the quarterback out of Memphis. Uh, oh, Brock. Brock. Uh, yeah, Brock Glenn. Glenn. Brock, Brock Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, most people have thought that he was going to be an Auburn Tiger, but I've heard that uh, that Ohio State may now be a big player in that one. And, oh, yeah. You know, if – He if, was named for Auburn. Yes, he, that's like, the thing. Is Auburn's he, in I, – so I, Auburn is literally in his DNA. Yeah, and I know <laughs> – On I his know birth his, certificate. Yeah. yeah. I know his sister a little bit. And, okay. Um, 
she was roommates with my sister. Okay. Um, and so he's they've been coming to Auburn for a sure. very long time. They've been Auburn fans. You know, he grew up an Auburn fan. So Auburn runs deep. So let's hope that that kind of holds true, and and he'll but, be able to he'll he'll come here and that, want to come here. But that but that seeing that's one that will really show where you're at on the recruiting trail. Yeah. If you can't, if Brian Harson and, and staff. Can't get somebody that's you can't get a high-profile player like that who loves Auburn is named after Auburn. If you can't get him, that's problematic. That's yeah. a that that really shows that there's there's some issues there, and so that's one to really keep an eye on. But five-star edge, uh, Qua Rousseau, Rousseau, yeah, he's a that's a big deal. He said Auburn Auburn feels like home, which that's yeah. what a lot of people say. So you know, if we can just kind of get. Keep keep these guys coming in. I mean, he's got these five stars that are setting these official visions, right. so they want to at least look at us. Yeah. But you got but you got to get them to commit. Yeah. Well, you uh, got to get them on right, campus right, first. Right. Get them on right. campus, but then you really just you've got to start making some headway in recruiting because yeah. you you can you can think you're going to have all the success in the world, but if you don't have the players on the field, then you're not going to matter. You're yeah. never going right. to catch up with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. For Let's sure. celebrate some birthdays here today. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports on June 27th. Happy birthday, Chuck Person, 58 years old, former NBA player and small forward, drafted fourth overall by the Indiana Pacers out of Auburn University. Most prolific scorer in Auburn history, leading Auburn to their first three NCAA tournament appearances, named SEC Tournament MVP in 1985, Rookie of the Year in 87, All-NBA Rookie First Team in 87, and his number 45 jersey retired by the Auburn Tigers. Peyton Barber is turning 28 years old, a current free agent NFL running back signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after going undrafted. The former Auburn running back, in one year as a starter at Auburn, he rushed for 1,017 yards and 13 touchdowns, declared for the 2016 NFL Draft after foregoing his remainder of his college career. He still had a junior and senior season left to go. Peyton Barber turning 28 years old. Bobby Wagner is 32. That's a current NFL linebacker for the L.A. Rams. Drafted in the second round of the 2012 NFL Draft to the Seattle Seahawks out of Utah State. He is a Super Bowl champion, six-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. Bobby Wagner is 32 years old. And then finally, Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds is 52. The former MLB center fielder selected in the seventh round of the 1988 MLB draft by the California Angels, well known for his defensive abilities, made one of the best catches in the history of the sport while diving for a baseball over his shoulder. Four-time All-Star, World Series champion in 2006, eight-time Gold Glove Award winner, a Silver Slugger Award winner in 2004, and a member of the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Birthdays in sports, June 27th, 2022. Chuck Person turning 58. Peyton Barber is 28. Bobby Wagner, 32. Jim Edmonds is 52 years old. There's a look at our birthdays in sports. And if it's your birthday, we want to wish a very happy birthday to you. 334-887-3401. I'm JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. And guys, we want to go to the phone lines now. Joining us on the program is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee. Guys, we'll say hello here to our buddy Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, JJ! Hey, buddy. Hi, Tom. Hi. Oh, hi. There we go. I have a microphone now. Hi. How you doing, Tom? Do you behave I not me. I, I'm never behaving. <laughs> Cam, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. What's up with you? 
I'm 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 trying my best. I really am. Hey, hey JJ, did you ever talk to my man Devon Reed? I did get a chance to catch up with him, and I told him that you said hello, and he wanted to pass along his well wishes to you too. Hey, I haven't got that in from the mail from you guys for your schedule. Did you uh, ever mail it off? I, I didn't yet. I haven't got a chance to do that yet. But really busy this uh, this time of year right now. Hey, uh, I heard you guys like we need like some corner uh, player for for cornerback for Auburn. But aren't we good with like defensive line? Don't we need some offensive line? Do you know who we need for offensive line? Have you had commitments yet? Do you guys know? Uh, still waiting for some commitments to come through. Okay. So, uh, I got a question for uh, Tom and Cam and JJ. You can jump in. Who's all coming back for baseball and for softball? Do you guys know? Pitcher, uh, outfield, catcher, infield. I think our entire softball team is coming. Yeah, the, the softball back outside yeah. of this. Unless my trans, yeah, unless somebody transfers, uh, most of the softball is going to be back. Mainly, and especially your really good players. I mean, yeah. Bree Ellis was just yep. a freshman, yep. so she'll be back. Uh, baseball, don't know. Sonny Deshera will be gone because he's he's yeah, his uh, be a third round. Yeah, round he, he's he's going to be in draft tonight. Um, I think there's some other guys. I think Casey uh, Howell. Had a very Bro- kind of a, Brody Moore. Brody a lot Moore, of their yeah. college eligibility is coming up and expiring yeah. for the Tigers. So, so some of those guys are going to be gone. Blake Burkhalter is going to make a lot of money when he's drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out of there. The catcher, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate Larue Nate will Larue. be back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, how how is his uh, jaw? Had had they said? I know he got like a hit with the ball in his jaw. Yeah, I think he's doing okay. I think I think he's doing okay. We haven't heard an update for sure, but given that the season's been over for a few days now, I think he's doing well. So when's you guys next? When's you guys next softball game? Tomorrow. Who do you guys play? Uh, we play Moe's Barbecue for one of the games in a oh, team geez. called uh, Free Bases. Hey, 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 Tom! I heard that you guys didn't do too good last time. We struggled. Yeah, we we hey, we got some of our new guys coming coming in this this weekend, so maybe things will change around a little bit. I know we got I know we got our home run hitter coming in for the first first time. Well, hey, I told, We're just gonna I have told, some fun. Hey, hey, Tom. Hey. hey. Hey, I told I told JJ to send me a schedule so I can play. So like I'm like I'll probably be a pitcher outfield, but there uh, JJ was telling me one of you guys can't hit. <laughs> I, there, there's a there's a bunch of us that uh there's a bunch of us that need to get the uh, rust knocked off. So uh, hey, it's not JJ, just one person. Hey JJ, who was that you told me you can hit? I don't remember specifically who we were talking what, about. Was it, was, it, was it Brent? No, actually I do. Barry, Barry was talking with us, and Barry was talking Barry about was how he he, yeah. he was struggling, and Barry's like, "Man, I can't hit." Hey, yeah, Tom, I told JJ and him, and I told him I, I ain't showing how to hit. You can show Barry how to hit? Yep. We'll, be, we'll try to set something up then maybe one day. But, but I, I bet I didn't hit better than Tom. I don't know if I didn't hit better than Cam. <laughs> Cam, how old are you? I'm Cam, 20, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, I got you way beat. I'm 46. <laughs> oh, man, you got me then. Yeah. Hey, so like, uh, so who, so like, do are we still recruiting for basketball, or how are we going? Like, who? 
the roster's made up for this upcoming yeah. season, so now things are kind of transitioning to 2023. But, yeah, recruiting never stops. Okay. So, like, so like uh, Cam and Tom, I, I was telling J.J. this and uh, Brent and other guys last week, I, I saw on my computer they have in this Auburn for football go either 5-7 or 6-6. Six six. Do you guys – what do you guys think about that? Do you think Auburn can probably go, like, 13-1? and one? No, I, I, I think uh, I, I'll tell you. You know, just to be honest, I think if if Auburn wins seven games this season, then they will have done some pretty successful things. I, hoping I, for an eight win season. Hoping though. for eight. I think seven is more realistic. But nine I can, is extremely successful. And nine is really darn good. <laughs> Ten is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team. I think that they. I just don't think they have enough guys right now to Not compete yet. at the highest level. They they're just they've been struggling so bad on the recruiting trail, and they just don't have the talent right now. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we'll I think though. I think six or seven wins is is a reasonable expectation. Last question, Matt. Then we got to let you go. This is your last question. Yeah, then I do this here. Hey, uh, um, so so Tom and Cam, if you guys are saying six or six. Or seven and six. Does that mean that Harson still be around? I, I wouldn't think I would, so. Yeah, and, know, and just because of how the powers that be have been already acting towards Harson, I just think that you know if he doesn't have a successful season, I think eight. I think seven is the number to really have him keep his job. Eight definitely, I think, would secure him. Um, it, a lot, a any, lot of anything less. Yeah, a lot of uh, so. a lot of what happens with Harson is also going to be kind of on a wait and see basis on what Off happens with this recruiting yeah. going on right now. Yeah. Because if they miss out on a lot of this talent that's been coming here, and especially like we just mentioned, the quarterback Brock Glenn, who was named after Auburn, has always wanted to come to Auburn, and if you miss out on a guy like him, if this recruiting cycle in July goes really bad, then there's not going to be a lot of patience left for Brian Harson. Yeah. We'll see what the future looks like for this Auburn football team. All right, guys, let's get the cheer going here with Matt from Tallahassee. Five, four, three, two, one. War Eagle. Hey. Hey. Bama 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. We're coming to your field. Booyah. Hey, guy. Hey. Hey, Tom. Yes. And Cam, yeah. I told JJ, I'm going with, I'm probably going to see you guys die some football games with a friend that works in Auburn. So I might see you guys. I see in section like, section one. And so, so I'll probably see you guys and stuff like that. We'll see what it looks 68 days away from the first game of the season. We're counting them down. You be good this week, buddy, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Right, you got War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Gentlemen, let's take our next commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. My name is My name is My name is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Kim Berry. Uh, let's pass along the word. We've got the ALSYR Memorial Children's Charity Classic presented by Safety Net honors eight precious children. Many of you may recall the tragic accident that took place on I-85 a year ago. In this horrible event, 10 people lost their lives, including eight young people from the Alabama Sheriff's Youth Ranches. This year and for years to come, the ranches will be holding the Memorial Children's Charity Classic. The golf tournament will be to honor and remember those eight precious children who were in the arms of their Savior. The golf tournament is sponsored by Wynn Leetley and Safety Net Behavioral Healthcare. Wheatley is a former rancher who was the first rancher to graduate college and was the CEO of the ranches for six years. It's coming up on August 9th at this tournament. Each team will enjoy breakfast, a round of golf, Coca-Cola products, a catered lunch, and an award ceremony following the tournament. First place gross and net division winning teams will win a spot in the Tournament of Champions in 2023. Additional prizes will be awarded for second and third place winning teams. Special prizes awarded for long drive and closest to the pin on par three holes. Hole-in-one prize opportunities also available. The prize for a four-player team is $600. Sponsorship levels range for $100 for a whole sponsorship to $2,000 for the platinum level with increasing benefits given to the higher tiers. All sponsors receive at least one team in the event in recognition for their support. Please call Pat Downing at 334-462-0432 or Molly Gray, 334-531-6842 or call the administrative office at 334-213-2071 for more information about honoring these precious young people through this charitable event, www.alsyr.org. But a really big event taking place in August. Again, the Sheriff's Girls Ranch is so near and dear to our heart here at Tiger Communications. 23 years. We've been doing the poker run event that we do every summer. And now there's going to be, Tom, a a charity golf event that's put together. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, to see people kind of rally around a tragic event and be able to raise money and and to help out those that were affected today. That's always such a big thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good on that. I'm glad, glad to see people don't forget those types of uh, things and they uh, really rally around it. August 9th, 2022, visit ALSYR.org to get involved and for more information. If you'd like to be a part of Sports Call, feel free to give us a call on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334 887 3401. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Kim Berry. And, guys, we take a look at the weekend in sports. Uh, we also saw the Stanley Cup Finals come to a close. The Colorado Avalanche won four games to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning were going for a three-peat, uh, which in the modern sports era, those don't happen too no, frequently. No, you know, no, you think about it. too frequently. 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and well before that, we saw a good number of three-peats in professional sports and that sort of thing. And uh, the Lightning won back-to-back cups. They had the opportunity to win three straight, but Colorado, one of the best scoring teams all year long, proved to be great again, and they won the Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, I picked uh, the Avs to win with our monthly predictions. I picked – so I'm glad that that ended up working out. I kind of got a little nervous because, you know, the Lightning were pushing pretty hard. I I thought they might be able to – uh, get it to seven um, and, you know, see how, uh, you know, play it out. But uh, I came in this morning and I was like, Ryan, sorry. I was 
uh, talking to Ryan, and I was like, sorry for your loss, man. He was like, ah, it's no big deal. We went back to back. So, you know. <laughs> Hard to <laughs> complain when you've yeah, won two like, in a row. Like, yeah. You know, I was like, three peaches icing on the cake, huh? He was like, yeah. I was like, all right, hey, yeah. I'll take it. Good. No, it absolutely good, is. Good for the Avs, you know, first first Stanley Cup since I think it was 2001. So, um, you know, kind of ended a big Long drop. time coming. Yeah, yeah, big drop for them. And uh, my buddy Evan, uh was extremely happy obviously because yeah. he's from colorado so they were celebrating like crazy um and i find that so funny because you know down here we don't really watch hockey all right. that much so seeing people celebrate like a championship like it's football or basketball or something like that um and it's hockey it's a stanley cup championship is is just uh very different to see and how about the celebration of course kale yeah. mccarr 23 year old defenseman wins the con Smythe playoffs mvp award and when they get the cup Bring it over to celebrate. <laughs> he fell. Oh, buddy, fell. He lost Dented his it. feet from out underneath. I didn't Dented see that. And uh, the, the, Stanley the Stanley Cup, Cup. took oh, a little yeah, bit of damage no. there. So I completely uh, missed that. But they, uh, you know, they rebranded every year and they put right. the teams. And and once we get, it's been so many years, you kind of fall off. So they can keep adding to it, which makes that trophy so awesome. But well, with that, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, it, that thing got a little damaged there, but as much see those teams get to like have travel around with the trophy and they the entire world they party with it and yeah. drink out of it. That, that's not the first ding awesome. that has oh, happened yeah, it's on coming. that trophy. It's coming so. for sure. Uh, so with that, we had ten questions in the month of June. All of those questions have now expired, wow. and so we are six. That's why we're able to. We posted just a moment ago on Twitter at Sports Call AU, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've been able to, uh, Austin Scott, thanks for the help here, uh, been able to update people now that we're halfway done with the year on what the standings look like. Javon Cutler is going for back to, speaking of back-to-back championships, Javon Cutler is going for back-to-back sports call prediction titles. What's our standings update, Tom? Uh, Well, of course, Austin Scott wanted to post this because he is also tied at first (laughs) place right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Austin Scott and our defending champion, Javon Cutler, are currently tied in first place with 20 points each through June. Uh, Tied for third is myself and Brooks Childress with 19 points. So one behind the lead. That's right. One behind the lead. And then uh, sitting right behind us, in fifth place is Ryan Lavoie with 18 points. Uh, then trailing back a few uh, few points back from that is J.J. Jackson. Yes. 15 points. Uh, and then uh, tied for seventh, my guy sitting across from me here, Cam Berry, and the long-lost Yankee <laughs> Wisconsinite Bill Bailey, uh, both at 14 points, and then uh, – Brant Daltrey bringing up the, the rules. He's got the caboose at 12 points. Newbie at caboose. Yep. So, yeah, that's your current leaderboard. You've been doing well this year, June. Tom. You really Dude. have. You've yeah, been doing man. well. I need to get it together. I didn't think I had the great – I don't think I had the greatest month this week I, or this week, this month. I don't think I had the greatest month, but uh, – I know they've got a couple, and I know I picked the Avalanche to win. Yeah. Um, there was another one that I got right. We but. saw a curveball on Thursday – uh, as you know, people were not expecting uh, Paula Bencaro ultimately no. to go number one Gosh. overall. Nobody predicted that oh, from our group, man. and so that could have been a point for some people. Uh, Tom, everybody got our Oklahoma Sooners yeah. College World Series pick. Everybody got Steph Curry as the yep. Finals MVP pick, um, and then uh, of course SEC baseball teams uh, getting to the Super Regionals. Five was the correct answer there uh, that myself and Brant and Ryan got. So, a couple well, see, of, the thing uh, is, it, it's cool. There. It's cool when when I get one right, but when everybody else gets it right, then I'm not making up any ground. So, right. 
it's like, hey, I, I picked right. I added a point, but everybody but else did. everybody else did too. <laughs> so it, it just kind of, it's a wash on that one. And I think that's what happened this month. I think uh, every one of the ones that I got right were ones that everybody got right. So so you feel like, hey, am I really even that special? <sighs> yeah. yeah. I didn't have a terrible month. About 40%, 4 for 10 on the questions. These and, are hard. Yeah, like for people to know, tough. we're, we're going to be sending out July picks in the next couple of days. You were predicting things a month in advance. By the way, I haven't had a chance to talk about this on the show, but you mentioned it. But yeah, that uh, the NBA draft deal, <laughs> that that <laughs> NBA draft thing there is weird. Yeah, it's like it's that some something happened there. I, I'm I'm curious. Magic just kept it close to the chest. I mean, everybody just kind of assumed that it was going to be but no, Jabari. But, but no, the thing is though, this is where it's so crazy. The Orlando Magic contacted the Auburn. Orlando Alumni Club or mm-hmm. Booster Club and invited them to the facilities for the draft day. And I had heard this and then I saw where even like JG Tate uh commented that he actually saw the email. So this is really? not a this was not a fluke. Uh, well yeah, it, or it wasn't just a rumor that was out there. JG Tate said that he he saw the email where the Orlando Magic had invited the Orlando Auburn Booster Club to the facilities. Hmm. That would make you think that they're going to take Jabari because they want the Auburn fans to be there to celebrate with them. I wonder them. if they invited. And the, then, I wonder if they invited like anything like Duke related like that. I wonder if they did that. As I well. don't know, but why would you even br- why would you even bring in the Auburn Booster Club if they you're going to turn around people to be there? Yeah, if you're going to turn around and and hey. stick it yeah. to them, that that was weird. It was weird, but, but whatever. It is hey. weird. It broke my heart because I wanted Auburn to become only the third team to be able to have. Uh, number one in MLB, NFL, and NBA. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait for uh, Trey Orta to become the number exactly. one draft pick now. Instead, Duke extends their lead now with five number one overall oh, draft picks. JJ loves First that. hour <laughs> in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio today with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well. We hope that you had a great weekend. Over the weekend, we saw the Ole Miss Rebels win the College World Series, their first baseball national championship. Uh, Coach Mike Bianco has been there for 22 seasons and finally was able to win it all coaching Ole Miss. Uh, Also, we saw on Thursday night the 2022 NBA draft. We were able to recap some of it on Friday, but we can dive right back in there and we'll get Justin Hokinson's thoughts from Auburn Live and On 3 Sports coming up here in just a few moments. He'll join the show at 4.30. But uh, guys, the big news from the draft was that Jabari Smith was not the number one overall pick. It was the fact that we saw 
the likes of uh, Paulo Banquero go number one. Jabari Smith fell down to number three. And then we saw Walker Kessler go at number 22. And you wouldn't even say that like Jabari, quote unquote, fell to three. I mean, I guess it was just kind of like a lot of speculation that he was going to be the number one overall pick. Um, and it just ended up being Paulo. But you've heard, you know, you hear all the, the draft analysts. All they're saying is that, I mean, any three of those guys could have been number one. Sure. You know, so for Orlando to suddenly decide that, hey, they wanted to go with Paulo. I mean, the dude's. The dude's got the same intangibles almost as as Jabari. He might be a little bit stronger than Jabari right now. Um, and his handle might be a little bit better. Uh, so I could understand why they took Paolo at one. But, um, you know, it just kind of added a bit of a chip uh, for Jabari on his shoulder. And, and that number three overall pick going to Houston, I think that's going to be a really good fit with him and Jalen Green and, and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. And uh, he's going to have a great time out there. So... I, I mean, I, I think it'll I think it'll still all I think everything that happened was supposed to happen for a reason. Sure. And, and yeah, I mean, being the number three overall pick is yeah. nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> hey, he's still the highest pick in Auburn's history. Sure. However, I, you know, I'm, I'm I still as most Auburn fans, you still have that sense of disappointment just because right. everybody had talked about him as number one. You really thought he was going to be the number one overall. I mentioned it earlier. You were. You were looking at Auburn becoming only the third school ever joining UCLA and LSU right. to have players selected number one overall in the NFL, MLB, and NBA drafts. To see that go away, and it's so difficult to get a number one overall pick unless you're Duke. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't come along very often. And when you had that chance, just, oh, man, it just felt like the magic just ripped the carpet out from under you. Um, so I was disappointed in that. And and I think just looking at the draft, uh, it was either for Jabari or for Paolo, it was either going to be one or three because I think Chet was pretty much set in locked at number in two. At two. Yeah. I think they were locked in with him at number two. So when when uh, when they took Banchero at number one, you had to think that, that Jabari was going to three because Chet has seemed like to be the number two. Like there was no yeah. question. Uh, so he drops to three. But then – you get later in the draft and Walker Kessler goes. And so now you've got two guys that go in the first round. And now I was confused at what happened with that because I was watching it, but I didn't have the sound on because I was at, at Fat Eddie's working at the time. And so I saw Walker come up and it had the Memphis Grizzlies logo and everything. And I was like, okay, he's going to the Memphis Grizzlies. But then it turned around and it was like, no, he's going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm like, wait a minute, what in the world happened? Because they had, they had Memphis's logos and all up there. And I even saw uh, – you know, a couple of folks were uh, well, uh, Darren Bates. Darren Bates, uh, former Auburn football player who was from the Memphis area. He was on Twitter. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, my guy Kessler is coming to yeah. Memphis. And, I, and then it turned around and it was like, now he's going to Minnesota. I saw like, the yeah. I, and it's I, like, what in the world <laughs> happened there? I saw Was that. it a trade? Yeah, yeah. it was some, yeah. some trades. Um, essentially, Minnesota traded back, um, right. I'm pretty sure, and then Memphis traded up uh, to get, I think, a guy out of Wake Forest. Um you know, I, I think that'll still end up being a good fit. You know, I, I, I would have actually liked to have seen him on Memphis's team, but um, playing with Cat, I think he'll he'll still learn and he'll still develop. He doesn't have to start right away. He Carl kinda, Anthony Towns, for those me, that yeah. aren't. Yeah, Cat Car- is right, yeah, but yeah, for it's Towns. not the biggest oh, yeah, NBA yeah. crowd might well, be <laughs> listening. 
Uh, of course, the former Kentucky standout, who was the number one overall. Right, right. Like, that's number the thing. One overall Walker's going right. to get to learn from the number yeah, one yeah. overall pick in yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and, and Cat, as he's known. Developed that three-point shot a little bit, and, you know, you never know where that'll take him. Um, so he's already got the, the interior presence, I mean, locked down. You know, he was the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, as um, most people already know. So with that, I mean, you just kind of got to see if that offense can keep, take that next step and uh, just – Watch him develop. It's the worst rule in uh, in in sports. It's not in the worst rule in sports. <laughs> I overreact a good bit. I hate it though, Tom, because of your confusion, right? That you weren't watching with sound right. because you don't see this at the NFL level, Major League Baseball, or the NFL. But officially, when the draft takes place, the league calendar hasn't officially started over right. to the next season. So all of these trades by the NBA are not official for a few days after the fact, which is why when Walker Kessler got drafted, he's still having to wear a hat for a team that he's never going to play for. Famously, one of the most famous examples of this, Kobe Bryant. Ever heard of him? One of the greatest players of all time was drafted by my beloved Charlotte Hornets and immediately traded. So every single draft night photo that you see of Kobe Bryant, he is not wearing purple and gold, which is the only franchise he played for in his 20-plus year career. He's wearing a Hornets hat. But because of the silly rule, that's what you see take place or photos taken of Kobe in this Hornets hat before he's (laughs) traded away. And so every photo of Walker Kessler out there is donning the Memphis Grizzlies cap, but he's going to start his playing career with the Timberwolves. Well, I did see, though, he posted a picture, and it was him, you know, it looked like he was on the – with the draft at the draft night stuff and he was holding a Timberwolves ball and it, he had Timberwolves hat on. So I, I mean, maybe they just kind of were like, Hey, you want to take this picture let, so you can for have photo this memory. Ops, yeah, they'll let yeah. them do that. But so going across memory, the stage, right, you've got to right, put right, that photo right, on. Right. Right. Um, so at least, you know, he's not every memory. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask you cause we were talking about your Hornets. Will you ever forgive them for, that's just crazy. Kobe. That's cra- I mean, <laughs> trading it, bean. And this is one of those hindsight is twenty twenty oh things gosh. at the time, right? Because now you know who Kobe Bryant was at that time. Who was Kobe Bryant? Just a high know, schooler that was really, really good. Wh- that was really good, <laughs> uh, but you didn't know that he'd turn out to be exactly who he was. But yeah, now thinking back on it, it's uh, it's not great. A little bit of a mistake. It's not great. <laughs> I want to going back to the Jabari Smith thing, and I I saw this mentioned up now. <laughs> Not to say Jabari Smith is anywhere in the realm of this. 1984, what happened in the NBA draft? Michael Jordan went third overall. Akeem Olajuwon went, went number one. one. Yeah, went number one. Sam Bowie went number two. Yep. The Michael Jordan went number three. No, Akeem Olajuwon had a great oh, career. Oh, Olajuwon is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. And and a lot of people like have had that argument. It's like, well, why wouldn't you take Jordan number one? Well, it's like Hakeem had just won a championship with Houston, and the Houston Rockets had the number one overall pick. I mean, it kind of made sense. He was at that moment, right then and there, the best player in the draft. Yeah. So it made 100% sense for him to go number one overall. And, and I mean, it worked out. I mean, it's he won some championships. Hindsight with know? every scenario right. is twenty twenty. Right. Like, it, you have perfect vision after the fact. But I think at the I, – I still think they'd make that pick at, at number at number one with – with Elijah one because I think that was a need that they had at, or somebody that they needed at the time. So Sam Bowie though, that, that one's tough. a little tougher. Yeah, that one's tough. A little bit tougher to defend. Yeah. Yeah. Portland Trail 
the Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. Took Sam Bowie out of Kentucky. Yeah. So we'll see if Jabari Smith is Michael Jordan. Like I said, I'm not. I understand trying, it's far fetched, is not, what Tom yeah, Peavy's saying. I'm not trying to make that comparison and saying that. However, just pointing out that Michael Jordan was the no, third he's Kevin Durant. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the fifth pick in that draft? Oh, uh, 84. 84. Oh. Tell me, Tom. Chuck. It was Charles it was, Barkley. It was. It was okay. okay. Charles Barkley. Uh, Sam Perkins went fourth. Charles Barkley went fifth. Uh, yeah. In the highest draft pick in all of basketball stuff sometimes. history prior to Jabari Smith uh, was Chuck Person at number four, who's celebrating his birthday today, as we did yeah. in sports a little bit earlier. Yep. So Chuck Person drafted a little bit higher than Chuck Barkley. Uh, Charles, as his as his Charles. friends call him. So, all right, we're getting set to talk with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and on Three Sports coming up here in just a little bit. Right now, we'll take our next commercial break on the program. Give us a call three three four eight eight seven three four zero one. You're listening to the Abbey Award winning Sports Call. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au this is jake crane host of the j boy show and you are listening to the abby award-winning sports call Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first in Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 68 days away from the start of the Auburn football season when they will take on Mercer. We've got fall camp still to come at the start of August for this Tigers football team. Got a lot of question marks uh, that needs to be filled. If we're looking at the most impactful Auburn Tigers going into the season, if we were kind of trying to think of like maybe five most impactful Auburn Tigers, where would that list start? Uh, Bigsby. That's a good one. In terms of a true impact and knowing what you're going to get at Tank Bigsby? Well, okay. And and, and as far as production and everything that's going to come with it? Yeah. That's how I was interpreting it. Yeah, I'm absolutely running with Tank Bigsby. See, I I was going to... How would you interpret that So I was going to go with Tank at, at two because it all starts with your quarterback. Right. And I'm just going to assume that that's going to be Zach Calzada. Okay. All, all signs point to Zach Calzada being your starting right. quarterback. We could just say QB one. Right. Yeah. But we Zach Calzada is kind of seems where like are going. everybody thinks it, your, your offense starts there. Uh, I mean, he's the guy that he's t- going to be the most impactful. Sure. Well, he he's the guy that touches the ball every single play, uh, unless they do a direct snap. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he, he the ball is in his hands every single play. The offense starts with him. Uh, flat out, the offense starts with whoever your QB1 is, and that think that's going to be Calzada. Okay. And, again, 
and that's why I say it's in, impactful because we don't know who that's going to be. We think that's who it's going to be. You're looking for a lot more production out of your QB1 spot than you got. Maybe even with Bo Nix, he, he was great, but then obviously he got injured and you know things really kind of went down with TJ back there. And so you're really looking for that. Yeah. Because you've got to have – you spark plug. Sure. You need it. Listen, you can have the running game all you want to, and I think that's why he's Use, impactful at yeah. number two, but you have to have a passing game. Oh, you yeah. can't just – rely on strictly on the running if you do that then i think you're in fine you're you're in good hands back there with tank right but i think when you look at the most impactful you have to look at your quarterback because you're gonna have to have a passing game you're gonna have to have a better passing game than what you had with tj finley for sure through the end of through the end of that season so step up from yeah from what happened so if so if i rank if i ranked who my most impactful players are i'm going qb1 at number one who i think is calzada and then definitely tank right on the on the heels of that so two not a clear definite separation between the most important of one and two but i mean you gotta have a passing game i'm with you and so i say calzada at one tank it definitely the number two. At three, I could pro- I probably say Owen Papo. Yeah. Um, just because you know, the, I mean, the linebacker is the communicator for sure. the entire defense, and Owen. You That's know, a big impact coming, to have. Yeah, coming, I agree. Coming back from the injury, missing him last season, I think that was something. And that you was desperately need him big, to be healthy yes, and the full go. Zacoby McLean is no yeah, longer there. And, and, right. I mean, our, our linebacker core is is slightly de- depleted. I think we'll have guys that will step up and and that will end up being good in that position this season. Sure. Um, but you need Owen there to lead them to do that um, to really you know be that guide especially with the entire defense and I think he will be so that's who my third most impactful player would be four do you agree with that uh, no I I wanted I was going to say Owen uh, do you have a name in mind three. for four well all right so now four gets a little trickier yeah, it, it because gets tough. Uh, so here <laughs> could I who? go a whole unit <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean that your offensive line you but yeah, uh, you got me you on the same wavelength as me Tom. but see but I but actually see I was going to go more so here oh man this is difficult all right so at four who uh i'm losing his name right now the the uh lsu transfer oh wide receiver uh, koi more yeah koi more yeah he's 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 eligible play immediately correct yeah i honestly i think he steps in because at at the moment shed jackson was going to be your top wide receiver and i'm sorry shed is a great wide receiver but he is not your wide receiver one he's not he's not your key guy but good I think, wide receiver sure yeah good wide receiver but he's not going to necessarily be your guy he was slated to be the guy and i think coy kind of comes in and takes over that is kind of your your top guy so i almost want to talk about you know you want to think about you impactful. think he's gonna have a big impact coy or dazzling yeah, but yeah. I, I think Coy. I think Coy kind of becomes yeah, your I mean, main guy. Yeah, I but I think it. when you're looking at the passing game, and you're talking about somebody that can like break a game open. You have to have a wide receiver that can do that to go along with. You, you're hoping you're going to get the great stuff at your QB one. You know you've got a great running back back there, but you really have to have at least one top notch wide receiver that can kind of be that game breaker to loosen defenses up. You can have the greatest running back back there and ever, but if there's no threat of a passing game, yeah. then they're just going to load the I box agree. and just dare you to throw it. Well, one of the things that you do to loosen that up is you have a game-changing type wide receiver back there. If you have that in a coy 
or even if it's Shed, if he steps up, that loosens everything up, and then that allows Tank to have an even bigger season. Yeah. So when you're looking at impact players, if you can have an impact wide receiver there, that's going to help out your running game tremendously. So that's why I would go four. I would say whoever your top wide receiver is. Javarius Johnson in the mix as well. Javarius, Good deep threat sure. that's coming back. Javarius Johnson, Shed really Jackson, Moore, whoever, whoever is going to be your main guy at that wide receiver spot is I think would be your number four because that guy has the ability to impact so much more of the entire offense to open up the run game. That's why I would go at four with that. All right, so Cam, where are you? Uh, are you going four with the same thought process as yeah. Tom, or yeah, where was yeah, your thought yeah. going? I, I mean, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, the being four with Coy Moore, I mean, you need that wide receiver that's going to be able to step in. I mean, that's something that we struggled with all season was finding consistency. Um, hopefully, he has strong hands because no. drops. I mean, last season was just inexcusable. Um, I can agree to that at four because I you could switch that out with who I might have said at four, which was going to be Derek Hall, um, just because you know we need to have that big pass rusher this season. I mean that just needs to happen. You know we need to get somebody that's going to be able to get back there consistently, consistently, and I think Derek Hall is going to be the one to do it, and I think that is going to cause a big impact, and I think that's going to free up more for other guys on the defensive line. You know, just him him solely being that impactful player. So that that's who I would put um, for my fifth guy because I, I agree with you at four that Coy Moore could be um, that big impact guy. Number five to close it out for us. Number five. Uh, so so my four was that wide receiver spot. The five. Um, I I like the Derek Hall thing. Yeah. I yeah. the only the only thing that I would I guess the only thing that I say I would disagree there is going because i think the defensive line is already going to be good yeah i think it'll be good but when you're talking about impact are we talking about like impact or stepping up and see that's how are we talking for interpretation yeah Yeah. just play how you feel i i i would go at five i would go with somebody along the offensive line and i wish i could just say the whole unit because i mean that's really what it is right um but when you're talking about impact and I'm looking especially at that spot of somebody stepping up and playing beyond their Expectation. expectations. The expectations are fine. With the defensive line, I think they're going to be good. Right. I, I think the defensive line and our linebackers, right. yeah. I think they're going to be, be okay. I think yeah. they're going to be fine. But when you're actually looking at somebody like really needs to step up and become an impact, it's got to be somebody on that offensive line. It's got to be whoever's protecting your blind side. Uh, is Brahms still going to be center? Yeah. I mean, Brahms – you know, but you know, Brahms is the guy that's going to be directing everything. But right. you know, whoever is this going to be on that end that's that that's blocking on that end? I mean, that's where you're really going to have to step up and and become a game changer. You need to whoever that ends up ultimately being. You need them to step up and become. I'm not. I won't even say an NFL first rounder. If you can just step up and get your game to the level of a second round draft pick, yeah. Then, then you have become an impact for sure. And and I and I'm going to go back to what I was else I was saying with the offense. You can have the best running back in the world. You have the best quarterback in the world. But if you don't have people that can block, it means nothing. then it means absolutely yeah. nothing. And that's why I would put that at five because why? Whereas Zach Calzada at QB one, who we think 
is the guy that touches the ball every play and everything starts with him. You can't get anything done without somebody on the line. And so they're going to have to step up and get into that role. So I will say this at five right now, just because I know what you got, I would say you're somebody on your defensive line, but somebody from that offensive line needs to step up into that fifth position and jump in there and take over. I want to bring up a name a little bit later. That's a teaser for folks. I want to bring up a name when we're talking about impact players for Auburn football in 2022, and we will table that for just one moment. All right, we need to take a commercial break. When we come back, our buddy Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3 Sports will join Sports Call here, Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we want to use that Auburn Bank phone line to bring on our next guest here on the program, good friend of the show here in the Auburn area. It's our good buddy Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3 Sports, kind enough to join us here on today's program. Hoke, we certainly do appreciate your time. How are things in your world going? Good, man. They're doing well. How are things going with you guys on this Monday? Uh, it's a great Monday for us. Excited to be back in the office. Uh, here we are. It's talking season officially in the old radio world, and so we figured we welcome you into the party. Let's talk with baseball first and just kind of reflecting back on the run that this team had, being able to make it all the way to Omaha. I mean, how special was that for Butch Thompson and his club with what they were able to accomplish? Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, you think about it sinking in now a week later, um, the final National College Baseball Writers Association poll comes out, Auburn finishes sixth, which is wild because that puts them fourth in the SEC behind Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, but ahead of Tennessee, which is wild. But, you know, finished sixth in the country in in baseball when when people were picking you seventh in the West um, is is, – quite remarkable uh quite a remarkable feat um and so um yeah i mean it's uh it was it was quite quite the season i think i think what you want to see now is can they can they use it and catapult their success now over the last three four years into the recruiting side and can they land some can they land some studs in high school and get them to campus and could they land some transfers some stud transfers they got a couple that came in but who can they get on the recruiting trail um, some big bats, big strong guys, big time pitchers. I think they do a great job developing. Um, but I think you look at some of these teams in the SEC. I think the talent they're bringing in is maybe just a tick better than Auburn. So let's see if they can capitalize on it. But man, um, what a transition! I mean, I think it was like a revolutionary year really for this program and what Butch and them have done. It was different than the one three four years ago. That was a surprise. This one, they hosted a regional 
and went to Oregon State and went a Super Regional. This this felt they won a game in Omaha. This felt more legitimate than even the trip a few years ago that surprised some people. So it it feels like a, a corner's been turned, and now let's see if they can keep it keep it rolling. Uh, when you're looking at this roster, obviously there's going to be some turnover, but uh, when you're looking at some of the guys, what they did this year and what their prospects are moving forward, a guy like Blake Burkhalter maybe have made himself a lot of money with his performance in the postseason. Uh, and then a guy like Sonny Deshera, you think he's most likely going to be going. What do you see the prospects uh, for guys like Burkhalter and Deshara? Yeah, I have to think Deshara probably goes pro. Uh, I'm curious to see where he gets drafted now because he's an interesting prospect. I mean, bigger guy, first base, great eye. Did did get fooled a little bit late in the year. I think teams figured out. and He struggled a little bit with some of that away stuff. So, um, but he's such a good hitter that once he gets that figured out, I'm curious to see what where teams sort of look at him as far as a draft prospect. But I have to think he'll go. I mean, I, I don't know what more he could do. I mean, you know, I, I almost think if he came back, he, he'd hurt himself. I don't see how he could follow this year up um, doing that again in the SEC. So I'd have to think he'll go He'll go ahead and go pro. And Burkhalter's an interesting one, too. I mean, he was just unbelievably dominant over the last – 20, 30 innings of this season, especially in the postseason, was incredible. I mean, those two, um, you know, two-plus innings against Oregon State and two-plus innings against um, Stanford uh, were remarkable. I mean, he just absolutely blew the opponents away. So um, he's another guy that I think will probably have a big decision to make, big decision to make on where he gets drafted. He's a guy that could potentially come back, but it all depends on where he goes. Deshar is a guy that I don't see coming back. Justin Hokinson here with us from Auburn Live and on three sports talking about the magical run that the Auburn baseball team went on, was very competitive, played well on the road throughout the SEC season, dominated their regional. You go to Corvallis and win the Oregon State Regional before ultimately falling in Omaha. Did pick up one win there at the College World Series, but ousted by Arkansas. And, of course, Ole Miss goes on to win the national championship. How can you put into words just how significant the fact that Butch Thompson is the head coach of this program, that they've been now to the College World Series in 2019 and 2022. Just what does this baseball team's success do for the rest of Auburn athletics as a whole, and, and really just how great has Butch Thompson been? Well, Butch is, I mean, he, he's fantastic. I mean, you hear the, you hear the comments from, from these players, and they could not respect and admire him more than they do. Um, it's, it's really awesome to hear. And you get that sense when you talk to him. He's such a humble, um, hardworking guy. He, he's, a, he's really a perfect fit for, for Auburn and the culture at Auburn. Um, and I think, I think the success of the baseball team, I, I mean, honestly, you know, you combine that with the success of the basketball team, and I think you know where the pressure goes, um, and that's to the football team. I mean, those are your three main revenue sports. And so um, I think it puts the pressure on Brian Harson. Um, I, funny, I joked with somebody the other day, I said if football could just get going, they could make some amazing killer B t-shirts um, <laughs> between Bruce Bush and, and uh, Brian. And, and Brian. Um, but, but they got to get that third one going. So I think it just puts the pressure on the football program. Honestly, the success of baseball and basketball um, to get that to get that going. But yeah, Butch is, you know, I think I think what he did this year, it's different, different levels, basketball and baseball. You know, the dynamics. Auburn has more history in baseball than they did in basketball. And but 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 what Butch has now done is is similar in terms of endearing himself to the to the to the Auburn program, the fans. 
um, kind of becoming an untouchable type coach, he's sort of become that the same way Bruce has. I mean, there's nothing that Butch could do, really. He could kind of do no wrong at this point. I don't think you know, the way he's got that baseball program going and the consistency, um, he's sort of on that same level as Bruce in terms of we're good. Like, don't even talk to me. We're, we got our guy, and we love him, and he's a fit, and there's, there's not much he could do wrong at the moment. Here we are talking with Justin Hokinson again from Auburn Live and On3 Sports. As we shift gears a little bit, want to touch on basketball real quickly. The NBA draft has come and gone. Jabari Smith goes three to Houston. Walker Kessler going 22nd overall. Man, we live in a world where Auburn had two first-round draft selections. Pretty significant, and now a lot of roster turnover as Auburn gets set for next season, Justin. Yeah, yeah it'll be a... It'll be a um an interesting um an interesting transition into this to this team you know Jabari and Walker were those were just studs I mean they were most of the time when you go out there on the court individually they were two of the better players on the on the on the floor if not the two best players on the floor just individually um this year it won't it won't be that for Auburn as a team and they're, they're gonna have to win and they're gonna win and lose more as a team and you know you have you got some really good players but you're not walking out there with the number one with two first rounders um, so it'll be interesting to see. I kind of I kind of wrote about a couple of weeks ago at Auburn Live about sort of what this team would look like, kind of what the roster would look like, and and you know it's I sort of tried to compare it to um, Moneyball in the sense that you're losing Jabari Smith and Walker, right? You're you're not going to replace those guys one for one. You're not going to bring in another Jabari, and you're not going to bring in another Walker. Um, but what you can do is is try to mimic some of the production. You know, Johnny Broom was the third best shot blocker in the country. He's got, at this point in college, he's probably got a better offensive game than Walker um, did. Certainly, it'll they'll showcase it more. Um, and so, you're, you know, defensive rebounding, you'll get, I think you'll get similar production there. You won't get the same kind of overall defensive presence that Walker Kessler um, presented where teams just didn't even want to try layups a lot of times. But, but I think Johnny Broom... Uh, Jalen Williams, I think those guys can produce similar results across the board. And then you look at Jabari, same thing. How do you replace his scoring? Well, Chance Westry will score. Uh, Johnny Broom will score. You want, you know, Yuan Traor will score. Hopefully the guards take a step up in their production. And hopefully you can fill the gap scoring there. I think the big question is three-point shooting. Who's going to be your 40-plus percent three-point shooter? Can you get that from the, from, from the team? Can you get that? And can you get that guy that you can dump it to one-on-one and he's going to get you a basket? A lot of people are wondering if Alan Flanagan can return to his sophomore form. We'll see. But I think that's probably the only thing that you're looking at and going, how do you replace that? How do you talk, who do you toss it to on the elbow and just say good work? You know, they might not have that guy. It's going to be a little bit different. But the goal is can we, can we, can we get the same kind of production in terms of block shots, rebounding, um, and, and efficiency shooting the three-point basket? How do we sort of fill those needs? And it's just going to be more of a more of a committee, I think, this year. And that's what's just so hard to figure out because you're talking about the success of this team and two first-round picks. Again, it had never happened before that Auburn loses two guys to the NBA draft in the first round from the same season. And while we talk about the defensive versatility and greatness of Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith's three-point shooting, the ability for one guy to get you a bucket at any given moment is so critical. And even still, the need for a three-point shooter that's greater than 40%, Justin, is amazing. But there were times last season where even that 40-point shooter from three wasn't enough because it goes beyond just one man. And Auburn greatly, I think, needs to take a step forward all the way around in terms of that three-point production that we see. 
Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that's the biggest question mark. Um, I think you hope that, you know, hope that Wendell has an opportunity to take a little bit higher percentage shots right. than, than he did last year. You hope that you hope that Zip Jasper maybe got a little confident shooting the ball, and maybe he becomes a guy that will will pop will pop it if it's open um, and look to take that shot. Katie Johnson's another guy that I would watch. I mean, I think I think late in the year, you know, if, you, if people remember, he got that wrist injury at Georgia, and I think people forget that that. That really did. We didn't talk about it a lot. I mean, you didn't hear him. Nobody, nobody was complaining about it publicly. But it, it was an issue the rest of the year. Um, and, I, and, it, and the numbers and how he played would, would absolutely back that up. And so I think um, I think he's a guy to watch, too, that is going to come back completely healthy. Let's see what he's like shooting the basketball. Because he was, he was a much better shooter, and then he had that injury, and he became, you know, he just he couldn't, he, he couldn't do anything consistently. It kind of messed him up, and he couldn't get back on track. So, Let's see if he if, if, if he can kind of come back strong. Leor Berman's another guy that I think is going to play more this year. You you know Bruce Pearl talked about last year, Leor, him probably should have he probably should have played Leor more. Right. And I think Berman's going to get more minutes this year. And he was a forty plus percent three point shooter. Now he's not going to go in there and shoot five a game, but you know if he can if he can get some looks, he's a pretty good shooter, and I think will help that percentage as well. Justin Hokinson here with us again. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Jay Hokinson. Want to shift one more time. We'll talk football and get you out of here here on this Monday. As the Tigers get set, we're 68 days away from Auburn and Mercer inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. You posted a story around lunchtime today for the Auburn Live subscribers, Justin, as you're sitting there projecting success, Auburn's most important players going into the season. You've been doing this for a few days, a few weeks at this point. How do you start a project like this, Justin? Did you start from the back and work forward? How do, Take us inside that. Yeah, I'll probably start from the top and okay. then, you know, try to get through a list of and just keep going and probably try to get you a list of about 35. You know, I kind of was trying to – what we're doing is, is sort of looking at the most important players, which from my perspective is different than the best. I'm looking at talent, yes, but also, you know, how important are they to the depth chart? What's their value to the team? I mean, uh, a player – you could have – I mean, for instance, Jarquez Hunter's the second best running back, but he might be so, – so he's going to play behind Tank, but he might be more valuable than a whole bunch of starters. So um, – just for instance. So right. you're just trying to get about 35 guys and then trying to just sort of mix and match and figure out kind of what the order should be is, is the toughest part as you go through there. But we've done about three installments so far. Um, from We started at 32, and I think we're down to about 18 right now, just kind of looking at, at the most important players. Um, today was 18 through 22, and so now you're going to start getting into starters, and it's just ranking – ranking uh, starters and, and, and where they land. But it's, I think it's a cool way to go through and just sort of refreshing up on who are going to be the guys that help Auburn win football games this year in, in a big way. And I think the further you go up the list, obviously the, the more important they are, um, probably will have you know, Zach Calzada slash TJ Finley at one just because whoever, whoever that is is just crucial, right? <laughs> just so crucial. Um, and some of those, you know, you know Papo, you know Colby Wood and Derek Hall. Like those guys are – paramount they're superstars on a team that doesn't have a ton of them uh, but then i think when you get past that list it's kind of fun to look at who is who's going to really be the most important to winning football games so it's been a fun project you wish you could just list quarterback uh for number one and yeah. not, not have to get into the mind of, of who that projection is going to be for sure well we were just talking it's fitting that we're here and again you've got to check out auburnlive.com and i cannot get over the fact that there's still one whole year 
for one single dollar. I mean, that's a hundred cents, folks, that you can get access to Auburn Live. So make sure you check that out with On Three Sports. We're just talking about true impact, and it's something that's open for interpretation. But you rattled off a couple of guys right there. When you do look at sort of most impactful football players for Auburn and what they're going to be able to do, I guess production-wise, who are some of the names out there for this season, Justin? What was it again? Sorry, you broke up. I said what well, the, the just the most impactful players for this Auburn football team, and, and we talk about the interpretation that can go with that. We were talking about this a little bit earlier in the program as well, and I don't want to steal all the pub because the story's coming out here in just a few weeks or days, I should say, but but who are the most impactful players, you think, for Auburn going into 2022? Yeah, I think past the quarterback, which, you know, that's just obvious. Whoever wins that job, I mean, it's just it's so crucial to winning football games, especially these this day and age in college football um, you obviously have Colby Wood and Derek Hall and Owen Papo, I think, are, are critical. They're three of your better players. They're on the defensive side of the ball where Auburn's going to need to be really good because you're not sure what the offense is going to look like. Derek Hall and Colby Wood are going to have to be fantastic. But, I mean, I look at somebody like Wesley Siner and, and Cam Riley, who I think are probably both in the top ten. They're guys that don't have a lot of experience, but, but they're going to probably start at linebacker. So those guys are going to be critical, critical. To what that defense looks like and and I, I don't know I haven't seen them play a ton so I'm I'm a little bit um you know I want to see what they're all about I like what I've heard I think they have some great attributes but those two guys I think are are super critical um somebody like Marcus Harris um you know you know what you've got in Derek Hall and Colby Wooden but Marcus Harris was a pretty productive player last year um pretty strong guy that you can kind of move up and down the line he comes back now for another year he might be a guy to watch out for in terms of what kind of jump um, what kind of jump he could make. And then I look on the offensive side, and I think those offensive tackles are, are just are huge. I mean, probably you, could, you can obviously make the case across the line, but I would go Troxel and, and Killian Zaire probably as the top two offensive linemen in terms of their importance because it's just that tackle position. Those guys have got to hold up and be really good against the speed rushers for whoever the quarterback is going to be this year. Those two guys are going to have to be um, just really, really good. Um, and so, so I think offensively, those two tackles, followed by Nick Brahms, probably somewhere there thereafter um, in, in terms of importance. So I think it's, it's not just talent, but it's those positions where those guys have to stand up to the pressure and they have to no come kidding. through. Or, or we could talk about receivers. We could talk about some of these other guys all day. If, if, if somebody like Killian Zaire doesn't stand up and somebody like Marcus Harris doesn't take a next step up or somebody like, you know, we talked about today, Jason Jones maybe doesn't take a step up in the depth in terms of depth, the defensive tackle, then a lot of that other stuff's not going to matter. Terrific. Great stuff. Make sure you go check out AuburnLive.com and On3Sports. Justin, tell us this. Do you and the family have a vacation planned at all for these next few weeks while you enjoy a little bit of time off, or no? You full ground going? Yeah, not, not really. Maybe try to get somewhere. We have media days into July, yeah. so maybe try to get somewhere right after that before fall camp gets going would be ideal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you're about to be. Uh, we're about to be in July. We got a month, and then it and then fall camp starts, and there are no days off, as they say. That's right. Well, keep working your tail off. We know that you do that. And again, we thank you so much for the time today. Appreciate you stopping by the show, Justin. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. All right, that's our buddy Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On Three Sports. One of the hardest working mans out there uh, covering Auburn athletics. Has yeah, been doing it do. since 2010. <laughs> uh, work at Rivals and 24/7 Sports on Twitter, at underscore Jay Hokinson. And I'm hopeful that he and the fam can uh, get an opportunity 
to slow down a little bit, everybody, enjoy some time everybody off. Needs everybody needs everybody, some time off. Exactly. And I've now, got mine coming up in a couple of weeks. We're a few weeks away from that, Tom. Well, we're a few weeks away from uh, SEC Media Days, but yeah. I've, I'm, I've got a little beach trip coming up oh, in a couple jealous, of weeks. So. The beach is always fun. Dude, I have yeah. not been able to figure out a time to get to the beach. It's the beach is always fun. Uh, so um, that was a good conversation with Hokinson. Uh, I, I enjoyed yeah, it. Um, really insightful. How, how awesome is that? Here we are just trying to create conversation, talking about impactful players for the Tigers, and he's got a full story going, again, at AuburnLive.com, projecting success, yep. Auburn's most important players, 1 to 35. We were having a tough time going 1, one to, to 5. five. <laughs> yeah. And he went 1 to 35. Well, because when we were putting it just on the strictly of 1 to 5, we were like, well, we kind of just need to put the whole offensive line in there. <laughs> yeah, That's when you go to 30. You can, five. Yeah. yeah, when you get, you can break it down a little more when you got more to work with than just your top five. But, uh, I mean, yeah, and he mentioned, just like I said, about the importance on, of whoever your QB1 is going to be. I think I, th- I think it's going to be Calzada and not Finley. He mentioned T.J. Finley. I I think Finley is probably third. Yeah, yeah. On I agree. that depth chart, I think I think Robbie Ashford is probably going to be your QB two. Uh, Gurner, uh, just a true freshman, but I but I think Robbie Ashford might be your. I QB teased two. that I had a name, and I'd be curious where this one came across in one to thirty five, and that's why you need to go subscribe to Auburn Live to see where it comes up. But the name that I was thinking of in terms of impact and having a direct impact, once mm-hmm. again, on wins and losses, I'd be curious, where does somebody like Anders Carlson... Kicker. I knew that's where you were going to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious, yeah, but, yeah, but like right your team, if the, right, offense, if the offense, we have these question marks, maybe Auburn at the start of the year can't actually get into the end zone. You've sure. got to find a way to still put points on the board. And if you're kicking field goals and, and winning football games... That's big time, you know, yeah. and, and you know that there have been times where Auburn hasn't been comfortable with their kicker going out there, and there is this big injury that Andres Carlson is coming back from, uh, and, and so that's why I was like, uh, you know, I, I'm he'd be up there for me because he's got to have a, a, a successful year for Auburn to be successful. Uh, he, I would not, I would have, I would not put him in the top five, but he was going to be somewhere in the top ten. Oh yeah, your 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 place kicker has to be one of your top ten most impactful guys. Yeah, you have to. But again, not only on just field goals, but think about kickoffs. Think about how how field position can change on just kickoffs. If you have a kicker that can consistently kick the ball off into the end zone or out of the back of the end zone, and you're not getting those returns, right? Then then you you flip the field right there. I mean, if you know where the other offense is going to start, if you're only able to get them to the one yard line. And they start bringing those things out. You have a chance for them to a bust one, but even just get out past where they would normally be. So the field position thing, just on kickoffs, is important when you have a guy with a yeah. strong leg. The field goals, yes, you're going to have to have those because as much as I'd love to see this offense just light scoreboards up, I don't think that's realistically going to happen. And so you have to have a field goal kicker. And so yeah, I would not put him in your top five, but he would definitely be somewhere in my top ten. Is that why you've got him too, Cam? Yeah, I agree. You need that reliability as a, for, for a kicker. I mean, you want somebody that you can put out there that you can trust wholeheartedly that you think is going to be able to make that kick. Uh, I think honors would be able to do it, but, I mean, even if he can't, you know, we we I mean, we have dudes at kickers. That no can, kidding. They can probably do it. So Appreciate the time, as always, there from Justin Hokinson. We have reached the end of our number two. One hour left to go. Alongside Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling.
Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio today with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my two co-hosts for the program. Your Uh, phone calls are welcome, 334-887-3401. We'll get to those in just one moment, but for now... We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our daily show recap. Tom, what's happened on the show so far today? Oh, man. We have, we've we actually touched on a lot of different stuff. We have. I mean, for it being a summer day here Ooh. on uh, June the 27th, <laughs> uh, we touched on uh, a lot of Atlanta Braves versus the Dodgers with Freddie Freeman's return to Atlanta. So we discussed that. Uh, we have discussed uh, quite a bit about the NBA draft with uh, Jabari Smith going third overall instead of first overall, which most people thought was going to happen. And then Auburn football uh, kind of broke down uh, some of who we think our top five impact players are going to be. And then we had Justin Huckinson on and discussed more about that. So uh, it's been a full show. It has been full. It's been fun, and it has yeah. been a had full Matt show. had Matt from Tallahassee on. Yeah, a couple of callers already. So let's get back to the phone line, shall we? 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 to be in on the program. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff has called into the program. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Very well. Thank man, you for asking. I, thank, all right. Man, i tell you, um, a couple things real quick. I'm I'm glad that we've got all these other sports out of the way so we can talk about the main one, uh, 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 college football. But before we get to that, I guess, um, I'd like to uh, have you all, JJ, let's see if you can spell it or if you've been there, <laughs> Andalusia, Alabama. Um, A N D A. I wouldn't know if you're right or not. I probably L U S I A Andalusia. I've never been there okay. before. Uh, neither am I. I have been in the southeast my whole life. Well, except well, no, thirty, forty years. Never been to Andalusia. Went there for an all-star game. My son and my daughter-in-law were the coaches of the all-star team. My grandsons are on the team. And I just wanted to say uh, uh, it was a great experience. My grandson hit around 540 for Woo! four games. Did good. Yes, I was. I didn't even know he could play ball like that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but and they lost. And they lost. No kidding! Wow. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about. You know, there were 20 teams there, and everybody out there thought their kid was the greatest baseball player. So what does it take to be a Major League Baseball player? 
I mean, if there's that many in Andalusia, Alabama, yeah. I mean, how, how isn't it how really much, wild I mean, it, to think it, about? Especially yes, every time these big drafts stuff. come around, and then baseball in particular, because yes. you got fifty some odd rounds in a MLB draft right. and nineteen hundred different yes. minor league teams. It feels like, and uh, yeah, to be yes. somebody that gets a big league call up like that really is something to celebrate. Yeah, I, I sit there and I go, who cares if you've been drafted fifty ninth? Anybody can be fifty ninth. Right. So what does that what does that say for a high school player that goes straight into the major leagues? That is that's just unreal. I mean, I just can't believe. I mean, I saw Dwight Gooden in Tampa, Florida, and I didn't know he was going to be a pro player. I mean, that quick, you know. So it, it's just crazy. But um. Hey, what? I do want to talk two things about football. Okay. Tom's ready. Okay, Tom. (laughs) What's the guy that left Auburn? Barrett. uh, uh, He went to Troy. He transferred to Troy last year. Uh, And now I see he's transferred again. And here's my question it's Devin Barrett. Devin Barrett. Devin Barrett. Devin Barrett. Devin Barrett. And he transferred again to I y'all gonna have to help me. It's something Ward Inc. Uh goodness. Uh what's the name of the school? I can't believe you Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Yes. Word. What is that? Have I lived in a vacuum? <laughs> I've been hearing that more and more often in the this year, and I don't even know where or what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard of Incarnate Word. Uh, I'm not familiar with where it's at or, or much about it. It's obviously, a, uh, uh, it's going to be uh, it's more... It's in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, well, there you go. Again, I, I'm okay. like Tom. I've definitely heard of it, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with where it was until research I, right here. I mean, there must have been somebody else that went there. I'm just want, wondering what the NIL deals are going on yeah. there. What's in San Antonio? You right. know, I just can't imagine. How in the world do I even know this place? But, okay, and this is something that I've been wanting to ask since last year, and I wanted to see how baseball, basketball, and all that stuff played out. But you remember during the bowl season how not just players but teams opted out of bowl games, you know, the, the lesser bowls yeah. and stuff like that. Right. COVID. COVID was the issue. Was there a single basketball, baseball game, hockey game, swim team, equestrian, where anybody forfeited because of COVID? Uh, it, I mean, yeah. it happened from time to time. Obviously, right. I don't know that it, it garnered headlines. I don't know that there was, um, you know, postseason games necessarily that uh, would have garnered the magnitude of a bowl game or something like that. But, yeah, I could definitely think of this past season where COVID canceled a couple of games. But it was only football. Oh, you're saying there were baseball games? Uh, not ba- I, I cannot think of any baseball games, but I definitely can remember. I can remember around Christmas time in basketball season, a couple of SEC and ACC schools had to not necessarily cancel games, but postpone. say, "Hey, we got to postpone this mm-hmm. for two or three weeks and then play." But absolutely, I remember this past Christmas holiday time uh, at the turn of the year that there were a couple of postponement of basketball games. Are you talking about uh, 
preseason games or 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 some conference games? Games. I mean, uh, some conference games. Yeah, I'm saying I I just can't think of one. And what I was getting at is, I just wonder if we're going getting to the point where players are already opting out. You know, if are we getting to the point where the team says if we don't have our best players, we're not going to take a loss? We're not going to play in a in a in a Birmingham Bowl or something like that. It, it, and like you say, my proof is I have no proof now that you have informed me that there are <laughs> other sports that I I just assumed. And the only thing that I I've seen or heard was after football season there was none of this. And but if I stand corrected, I stand corrected. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, the the only thing that I'll say, I don't think you're going to see. Uh, I say you're not going to see teams just uh, turn down going to a bowl game because of a player or two because the paydays on those bowls, even the small ones, even going to the Birmingham Bowl, I mean, the payday for that for for a, a, a team and the program, program. is far surpasses what you would be losing with just a player. So even if you don't have your best players, you're going to take that payday just because of the TV revenue, uh, the national notoriety, and just the money that you get from playing in a bowl game. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to see and, schools turning down that type of a payday. And and I assume that the teams that were in these bowls that forfeited, they still got paid? Uh, if, it, if it was a COVID-type thing, then I then I would assume so. I would assume there was some okay. something there to, to yeah. take care of that. But uh, – I don't think you're going to see teams just saying teams as a whole teams just going oh well you know our best running back's not going to play so we're just we're not going to take the payday. I got you, I got you, and I hope, like you say, we'll find out, right? You know, oh, yeah. hopefully, and gosh, I don't want to find. Let's COVID never come back. I hope I never hear that word again. You know, so uh, <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, I just want and one other thing, just I, you know, I'm not a basketball person, don't don't even know the rules but i know that georgia had what the number one pick was it last year two years ago 2020 uh, anthony edwards. edwards yeah 2020 anthony edwards he went number one so we we beat auburn in that we got a number one you draft. did yes but yes but georgia still wasn't very good their program's really bad didn't even make you the know, tournament yeah. yeah yeah i mean shoot didn't even yeah you know so uh, um, it's just you know, it, it seems like and 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 in basketball, I guess everybody is trying to uh, get those one-year players, you know. And with the what is it, the G League and all that stuff, some players are you know just not coming to school and stuff. So I guess it is something to to get two recruits, you know, or two players in one draft. You know, and I, how many rounds do they draft in, in basketball? Just two. Just two I mean, rounds of 30 picks. Just two. Really? And there's, yeah, well, there's only five guys playing, I guess, yeah. at the time. So, Roster yeah, sizes are you. smaller, and so, yeah, the, the draft is shorter, and, and, yeah. Okay. And they, so, and my question, uh, well, since I'm on here, i got to say something about Steve, I guess. Uh, Steve, uh, I guess this conspiracy theory, this Auburn conspiracy theory, I'd like to call in every time that uh, 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 Steve throws that in, but I just, <laughs> you know, you all don't want to, you all don't want to talk to me every day. I'm like yeah. him. Jeff, so, Steve's um, going to love it, the shout out, so let's hear it. I got you, but 
So if Jabari Smith was picked third, which he was, he's now compared to Michael Jordan. What if he had went second? Well, then he'd be compared he to Sam Bowie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we would have found um, something else, it, though, because I mean, Kevin oh, yeah. Durant was the number two yeah, pick in his draft. Yeah, I was about to say, hey, you're still, to this day, on every time I listen to this, I can still hear they were 13 seconds away. I mean, I hear that on the station. What was that? Thirteen seconds away from their second national championship, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So that's, uh, but and and Steve will bring it up. It's it's almost football time, so he'll bring it up. And uh, but I just had to give a shout out to him, and I am so glad it's almost football time. What'd you say? Sixty-eight days. Sixty-eight days yeah. away from yeah. the first Saturday. Man, it's already cooling down. Too. I know. I know. Heck yeah! Got All a little right. rain today, I'm and we're feeling to... good. Good to hear from you today, Jeff. Oh, you. You all got rain today? Shoot. Just a little bit at lunchtime, yeah. I, I got you. Well, it's football season. I'll be calling in more, unfortunately, for Perfect. y'all. No, but, that's great. Uh, uh, all right, and uh, I'll let other callers in. Good to talk to y'all, and thank y'all for answering my questions. Yes, sir. That's our good buddy Jeff from Columbus joining us right there on the Auburn Bank phone line, and this perfectly sets up our next guest, 334-887-3401. My name is J.J. Jackson. I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry here with me in the studio. Let's go to the phone lines. Lord Damn Steve. Retired Lord Damn Steve is there to join us. Hello, Steve. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How's it going? What's up, Steve? Mr. Tom Peavy, and Mr. J.J. Yes. That was a great uh, segue from uh, Jeff uh, from Georgia. Yep. And uh, on to me, yeah. yeah well, right. conspiracy theories I don't buy into. However, what I can tell you as an Auburn fan, uh, there's never been a lot of love for Auburn uh, regardless of sports. Um, you call me a homer, I'm proud to say it. But I'll tell you right now, uh, there's never been a lot of love from the pro sports uh, leagues or from the college boards who pick and rank uh, Auburn uh, you know, for, for other reasons. So, that's, I hope that's not a conspiracy, but, I mean, I've been around for about 50-something years as an Auburn fan, and I've seen it. 2004 comes to my mind. Okay, but, uh, Jeff, you go ahead and keep that narrative, man, okay? Because uh, I'm not in conspiracy theory. I just go by facts. Now, uh, let's move on, guys. You know, whoever we have as uh, Ole Miss listeners uh, on the Sports Call radio station, congratulations to the Ole Miss fans who are listeners. Uh, why do I say that? Because not only do they do they deserve to win it, they earned it. Yeah, and they earned it by what? By beating Auburn first. They had to go. They had to get. They had to get, had to get through us. They? Yeah. So, uh, and I have, in fact, a friend of mine who's an Ole Miss fan. I can write him over the weekend for his team doing what they did. Um, I'll say this though, and I'm waiting to hear you guys. You can uh, challenge me on this. I, and I told him this in my text that Auburn had a really, really uh, a lot of tough. Uh, obstacles to overcome, and one of them was that uh, picture there, Delucia. I don't know where he came from, but he he was outstanding. He was really dominant, and a big reason why Ole Miss was able to get the job done. Yeah. Kudos to him. But what about, I mean, we had to be a Stanford team that had uh, up until then was 0-2 undefeated right? In, in the Super Regional games at their place. Now, I don't know, guys, did Ole Miss, Oklahoma, did they have comparable, you know, uh, competition as we had to uh, play through. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they did. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma specifically, I mean, they had Texas was really good. Oklahoma State was really good. Um, there were some good teams there. And then if you look at uh, at what Stanford had gone through, UCLA was really good. Oregon State was really good. Oregon was good. Southern Cal was good. I mean, they those teams came through some tough and competition. The last team into the dance, Ole Miss had to go to Miami, to Coral Gables, Florida, for their regional, had to fight their way back, able to knock them off twice. There were a lot of rain delays that weekend, and yep. Ole Miss ultimately able to win there. So, uh, And then, of course, the big super regional that they had with Southern Miss. So uh, they had some competition to get through, and they got the job done. Okay. Now, not an excuse, but I know uh, Coach, uh, uh, you know, our coach didn't offer those excuses, but we had a lot of travel, travel miles in those games. I don't think – did anyone travel 2,700 miles? I uh, – yeah. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I, I'm not oh, sure. They're 2,700 miles, guys. Oh, yeah. And not only that, uh, but then, then they had to uh, go uh, back and forth 90 minutes each way uh, to, to play Corvallis. The uh, hotel situation so, was definitely interesting yeah. given the NCAA – uh, given the NCAA tournaments that were in place for track and field. But speaking of Super Regionals in particular, I, I'm going to confirm this myself, but UConn having to go all the way from Connecticut to Palo Alto to play Stanford in California. Yeah. Connecticut to Stanford is uh, not close either. So let's see how long that one was. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm just saying I, I know we had a lot of obstacles. Moving on, guys, um, since Jeff brought up the uh, – upcoming football season. Have you by chance um, seen the recent uh, late kick blitz by Mr. Josh Pate's predictions for Auburn? Haven't seen those yet. No, I haven't. Okay, you might want to cue in, but anyway, it's about maybe three, three and a half minutes long. So he calls it his most reasonable expectations for total wins for this season. Okay. And he says he's being aggressive. It's almost like this is maybe he thinks the best that we can do, and that's seven and five. Okay. Now Nathan King has us going six and six. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of, yeah, um, a lot of predictions six six, around that around that area, which uh, I personally hate. Uh, I understand the reasoning behind it, and I think it's probably wise. I tend to be more on the homer side and optimistic side, like you could be, Steve. Same. But I, I do believe that that's probably fair to slot Auburn in in that six and six and seven and five range right now, just given the pieces that they've got on this football team. Right. Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to go with eight and four. Uh, I mean, I think that's to me that's reasonable. I agree. Now everybody's saying, you know, hey, we don't have a known quarterback. Well, I know, and I can recall this because I was watching these games live. Okay, uh, when we had unknown quarterbacks at Auburn that ended up winning championships. Right. Going back to the '70s and '80s. Uh, in fact, we had a quarterback at the last minute that wasn't supposed to be a quarterback. He paid. He played a wide receiver. So, have you said that, guys? Uh, I know you have Jason Caldwell uh, many times. I hope you have him again recently. Uh, I get him on Friday, win. yeah. Right. You know he won the Alabama Sports Writer of the Year Award. We do, yes. And they're having a big right. uh, recognition ceremony this week. Right. He, he spent the weekend there, and they're uh, having that banquet tonight. In Winston-Salem. And that Andy Burcham also got Alabama Broadcaster of the Year, right? Yeah, big-time on uh, Auburn honors taking place. Yeah, those are really big honors. And he also uh, thanked... He said uh, one of the reasons that Jason said he, he got the award was due to none less than Mr. Mark Murphy. So I hope you guys might have him on sometime. Yeah, soon. he's a good buddy. So uh, that was really good that he, they got uh, this kind of recognition. So moving on, guys, recruiting. 
it's, it's really looking good. And I agree with Sir Philip Marsh's calm day. Now we're getting a lot of visitors because I've been reading the um, the write-ups from uh, Nathan King and from Jason Caldwell. Five-star visitors coming, but visitors don't apparently get to be five-star commits so far, have they? Yeah, it hasn't. Just because they're visiting doesn't mean they're necessarily going to play for your football team right away. So that's still the last step that Auburn needs to check off. Right. And speaking of that, uh, it looks like uh, show me the money. Five-star Tony Mitchell has committed to Bama. Yeah. And, and from now on, guys, uh, for this season anyway, I'm going to stick to this story. You know, it used to be Auburn fans, well, the reason we lost a commitment to, uh, to Alabama or to Georgia or LSU was, you know, because they cheated and we, and we don't cheat as well, right? Yeah. So my story is going to be, uh, we just got outbid. <laughs> that's what you'll change the narrative to. All right. All right. Uh, we just got outbid, right? And that's why Mr. Tony Mitchell uh, has committed to Alabama. But they said still working on him. Now, what is not funny is this, guys. We've got a gentleman by the name of Brock Glenn, whose first name actually is Auburn. Right. Brock Glenn. Right. Right, right now, From Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, yeah. Christian Clemente is now moving away, uh, not trending towards Auburn, but towards some other um, programs like Ohio State. And I'm saying, oh, my God. Got to find a way to make this it happen Auburn. for him. This is, this is not good with somebody's first name is Auburn and his uh, – Somebody, I think his grandfather played uh, for, for Auburn. Uh, it almost reminds me of the infamous AU tattoo person, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do these things you – know, you can't make this stuff up, guys. If I can make them up, I try, but I, I can't make these up. How do these things happen, guys, that we are doing this, this kind of recruiting that we can't get even in-state people and want them with their name uh, being Auburn to even uh, say, yeah, I'm a hard commit? Yeah, I, and it's something we talked about earlier in the show. July is going to be a real critical point for Brian Harson and the staff, and you've got to be able to get a guy like Brock Glenn in here. If it's a kid that grew up an Auburn fan, his families are Auburn fans, he's named after Auburn. Auburn is literally in his DNA. From Memphis, relatively close. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know. I, I'm not behind closed doors, so I don't know what would be going on to turn him off of Auburn and start looking elsewhere. But those are the types of recruiting battles. If Brian Harson is going to continue being the coach here at Auburn, those are the recruiting things that he's going to have to win because those are the easy ones. you you got to get the easy ones, and then you can you know, work on getting the difficult ones, stealing the ones from Bama and Georgia. But you've got to win the easy ones first. And, and if you're not doing that, then your, your times here at Auburn are going to be numbered. Well, I think right now we'll have, was it, two or three commits? Right now, I think it's just two. I think it's uh, Braden Joyner, and then there's one more, uh, and the name's slipping my mind right now. But, yeah, just two commits for Auburn right now. And I don't explain this, guys, but this is still not looking good. I'm reading here that four-star safety to Kari Nelson now, Selma, Alabama, committed to where? To Penn State over the weekend. Penn State. Yeah. That's not even in in the southeast. Right. Yeah, you got to find a way to get that one happening. All right. Well, let's don't stop there. Then a three-star Surely I thought, well, we shouldn't have any trouble getting a three-star. Rob Billings of Valparada, Georgia. It's not too darn far away. Where does he go to? Clemson. Yeah, I mean, he's jumping at that opportunity to go play for Clemson. Uh, I'd have to look more into that one in particular, uh, but that is a little surprising for sure. Uh, here's another one. Edric Hill, a big defensive line target. He's from Alabama. Yeah, I'm not seeing uh, on, on the – Hillings going or Billings, excuse me, going to Clemson. I don't see an Auburn offer, uh, so I'm not sure if Auburn was was in the mix for him or not. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, no, they definitely they've got to shore up a couple of things, no doubt about and then, that. And then the real this this is a real uh, a, a kick in the butt. Kendrick Falk, a four star edge player, committed to Clemson over the weekend, and he's from where Highland Home, Alabama. Right. And that wasn't even, we weren't even right in the top two competing. You know who's who's competing to get him? Who's that? Clemson, Florida State, Florida State. Yeah. What gives, guys? I mean, why? Well, why is this happening? It's. A, I mean, it's obviously a question that needs to to be answered, and we'll see. Again, July is going to be the big month when uh, decisions start getting made. And until then, I don't know that we necessarily can't answer that question. I don't know that we're trying to run away from it, but we've just got to wait and see officially what these decisions are uh, before we have a total panic and overreaction. Well, tell me about this school that these bloggers are mentioning that apparently is, I guess, uh, for some of our for Auburn uh, to to recruit. Thompson High School, where's that place? Uh, Birmingham area. Yeah, it's it's kind of between Birmingham and uh, Tuscaloosa, and that's that's where the uh, the Tuglavolas, yeah, if <laughs> Tuglavola, that's where they all went. Um, they've become a uh, a powerhouse uh, now. We, I think we did get a kicker from there, but uh, yeah, Th- Thompson's over there between uh, Birmingham and uh, Tuscaloosa, and has become a powerhouse. They're currently it. on a three-peat of state championships: yeah. 2019, 2020, and 2021. In, in seven A, right? Yeah. Do you have the inside story or angle of why these or that, that particular school is such a uh, heavy uh, Alabama recruiting uh, nest? Uh, well, I mean they're 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 close to Tuscaloosa for one thing, and, and once uh, you get one, it's a little bit yeah. easier to get more than that. But yeah, an Alabaster well, uh, official. Auburn High School is close to Auburn, but they coming to us at least haven't been in the past that much. Yeah, so hopefully that's something that changes. If if the they, the one commit Auburn, or one of the two commits. That Auburn has in the class right now is an Auburn High product, and in Braden Joiner. So hopefully, if there are more players worthy of playing SEC football at Auburn, they'll make that decision to commit too. All right. So on a lighter note, Tom, I want to thank you so much. I enjoyed it. I hope you make this a regular segment about the strangers in fiction. You can't make this up kind of story. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the one with the voices. Uh, I'm of course I have a mental health background and uh, did it for 40 years and i would have thought this lady was having some serious you know uh, hallucinations but uh that that was remarkable uh either now or when i get off the phone could you please give me the name of that website yeah, i meant to uh, text you hear. steve but i i had forgotten to do that the where these stories came from say yeah. it for him one more time uh so okay. uh, yeah so it's it's mr mr and then ballin b-a-l-l-e-n all one word. He has a YouTube channel. He has a Facebook channel, and basically, he's a, a former uh, Navy SEAL that now makes a living off of uh, finding all these just uh, uh, truth is stranger than fiction stories. And there's truth is stranger than fiction. There's murder mystery. There's ghost stories. There's missing person. I mean, it is a wide gambit of stories that this guy tells and they are absolutely incredible and they're all 100 percent true so mr dot or mr ball Mi- all together d- all one word mr ballin m-r-b-a-l-l-e-n okay uh, i got it right now okay and finally guys i just got back from seeing a movie if you like murder mystery kind of chilling movies with a little supernatural thrown in then you do not want to pass up seeing the black phone. 
I know Ryan's wanting to see that in the coming days. That's, that's more up his genre and variety, but uh, you're saying it's good. Yeah, you will not fall asleep. I I may sometimes too, but not on this one. Uh, <laughs> great acting by Ethan Hawke yeah. and some other unknown people. But I give it if I can give it a double ten. Yeah, I, it it gets a double ten. Outstanding. Uh, for me. Uh, I mean, it's outstanding, outstanding movie. Uh, I mean, no questions about it. So if that's the kind of uh, stuff you like, then do not pass off. Uh, I was going to ask you guys. You don't have a black phone in your studio, do you? No, we don't. Fortunately, it's uh, it's white, so fortunate for us. <laughs> okay, well, keep it white because the black phone uh, is uh, uh, a bit scary of Scary things uh, happen, yeah. All right, guys, thank you for your time. I don't know what time is way, way up. I look forward to some of your other uh, guests and uh, definitely a... Uh, you know, I want to hear some more segments of these stories that you come up with or that you find on that website, Tom. Oh, I, I, I've got plenty more to come. So uh, we, we try not to do it We're every not, week. Yeah, but uh, I told him every three or three yeah, weeks or so we'll, but we'll I, jump back into yeah, it. We, we, there's definitely plenty more to dig up because the world is full of truth stranger than fiction. Okay. All right. On that note, guys, have a safe afternoon and evening. And tomorrow is Elvis time. So I'll let you know how that turns out. Okay. Have a safe evening, guys. And War Eagle always. And Jeff. I look forward to your comments. Hey, can't pass up. Where's Anthony? Hey, it's football time, Anthony. Yeah, we come need Anthony back, to come back. We'll, we'll get him back on the horn here soon. So thank and you, Steve. And the shadow. And the All shadow. Right, All right. See you, All buddy. Right. That's uh, War Eagle indeed. That's our buddy retired Ward M. Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. White phone, black phone. I thought the red phone was the most dangerous <laughs> phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, who knows? Redfish, bluefish. Well, I mean, no, the red phone, that's like the nuclear phone. That's like, oh, gosh. I see what you mean. If yeah. the red phone is ringing... You're in trouble. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> I know Ryan had been talking about that movie, and of course Steve said he really enjoyed it, The Black Phone. Uh, I saw probably 17 seconds of a teaser trailer and just said, nope, I uh, I think I'm okay. <laughs> a little too scary for yours truly. All right, let's take a break. We're back with more Sports Call right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger Here we are on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Final few moments here on Sports Call today. Really fun show that we've had. A lot of good phone calls. Enjoyed chatting with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live at On3 Sports, getting the latest and greatest about the Auburn Tigers and what's going on with their athletic teams and programs. Today happens to be a Monday, and so on this Monday... It's a chance for us to do best and worst of the weekend. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! No! No!
of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend. I'll put a best out there. It really was awesome to see Freddie Freeman back in Atlanta at Truist Park playing for the Braves, or excuse me, playing against the Braves, getting his World Series ring. That face that he had, that smile, as soon as he put that World Series ring on his finger on Friday night with Brian Snicker right beside him, so goofy and so oh. childish and just so pure of joy. Like, that was outstanding to see so that's the best of the weekend that, for me i um that is a best of the weekend it is not my best but to piggyback off of that since i since it is one of my best but uh that whole ceremony that the braves did yeah was absolutely outstanding i was i had tears uh there was a guy sitting behind me uh at fat daddy's and he was dabbing tears off of his eyes that that was just so incredible with the video playing and then with him standing out there. I got goosebumps oh during my. the video. Oh, I mean, yeah. goosebumps and yeah. tears. And they had the theme from the natural playing over the loudspeakers. And, I mean, just everything about that was just absolutely goosebumps, tear-jerking. Man, they the Braves did that right. And, you know, you could tell Freddie's uh, emotions were just all over the place. So, definitely the best here. However, my best... Um, I had a chance to go uh, over to Fort Benning this uh, past Saturday um, nice. uh, to the uh, Fort Benning's Independence Day celebration. Yes, I know July 4th is still uh, a week <laughs> away, but Fort Benning always does theirs a little early. Uh, I got to see CeeLo Green. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. Got to see CeeLo Green in concert. Got to watch uh, the Silver Wing. Forget period. you, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he, they did that song. Yeah. Um, uh, Silverwing parachute team got that the ranger demonstration, and then one of the biggest fireworks shows that you could possibly imagine um, set along with the army band playing eighteen twelve overture and some of the other uh, 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 Americana type tunes, and you've got just this absurdly large fireworks show thing going off. Such a great time! Uh, if anybody ever gets a chance to go out to Fort Benning and check that out, it is open to the public uh every, whenever they do that so uh, obviously you can't go this year because it's already done but just in, in an absolutely incredible scene out there and uh always kind of a highlight of the year to get to go out to fort benning something that i used to do with my parents as a kid and loved it and then quit doing it until 2019 and uh my girlfriend and i decided to go out there and go check it out and uh now it's just become a thing. It's like every July we got to go back out there to Fort Benning because it's so fun. It's such so much fun, so much stuff to see and experience out there. Cam, what do you got for us? Um, probably for the best. Uh, seeing seeing my mom this weekend, I think that was a good best for the weekend. Um, just being able to spend some time with her and uh, I hadn't seen her in a, in a in a few months, so I missed her. Was glad glad to be able to hang out with her. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoyed getting to see uh, the folks at the Braves and Dodgers game myself over the weekend. Uh, Tom, you got a worst of the weekend? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with the worst is just how the Braves-Dodgers series ended. Uh, the Braves had a chance to win that series. Uh, the Mets have been struggling. And so you've had a lot – you've had chances to uh, pick up even more ground. You've got a chance to win a series over the Dodgers. You're in good position uh, Kenley Jensen comes in in the ninth inning, uh, and he blows it. And you were you were one you were literally one Dude. strike away. Oh. You had two outs, and you had a guy down to to his last strike, and then you give up three consecutive hits, and then including the one that 
is just a blooper that uh, Matt Olson jumps as high as that dude could possibly can. jump and stretch as far as he possibly can, and it still tips off of his glove. And so, you know, Jensen blows a save. Then you get into extras. You have another one that goes off of uh, off of Riley's glove. Yep. They could have gotten him an eye inning. Probably would have gone foul, though, for that one. But you well, yeah. couldn't tell. You know? Yeah, um, but that one tips off his glove, and then you have another one up the middle that Danzy Swanson dives for and just barely misses. So uh, it just – it was – oh, man, it was frustrating. Should have never gotten to the extra innings to deal with all that stuff. I mean, yeah. Jensen's got to be better than that. Uh, to give up the three consecutive hits after you had – after two outs and a dude down to his last strike, and then you give up three consecutive hits to let them take the lead. Just a bad way to to lose that series. So that was the worst. Cam, do you have a worst of the weekend? Probably that. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean, watching. That I would game, say the same. Yeah, I, I was watching that game last night, man. I just we were so close. I mean, literally, like Tom was saying, a strike away from that being a win, and us taking two out of three from from uh, the. They hated it. They hated Dodgers. I mean, just man. That's baseball, man. Yeah. Like, that's just so crazy to me that how how just it just flipped so fast. Um, so yeah, I mean, very very unfortunate. Um, Braves still doing well overall in the month, so yeah, you know it's not too bad. But you definitely wanted to get two out of three from the Dodgers. Off day for the Braves. They play in Philadelphia against the Phillies tomorrow. Let's give you a TV guy. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. It is our nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Uh, no sports, just the first time in a long time. Now that college athletics have come to a close, there is Major League Baseball tonight that you would have to find on your streaming platforms with MLB.tv. How about five movie picks for you tonight? Midway coming on the air at 7 o'clock on Paramount. That's a good movie. The Proposal at 7.30 on Freeform. Never seen it. I have seen The Proposal. I have not seen Midway. JJ, what? Uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World at 8 o'clock on Movie Max. Sounds like a comedy. I have not seen that one. Sounds Uh, like a comedy. I think Steve Carell is in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Pulp Fiction at 9.30 on Showtime. An all-time classic. That I have not time. seen. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen that one either. You've seen Pulp Fiction, I'm imagining? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's like, you, that's one of those. Like, have you seen any of the first three? I, I think I've seen I have seen some of Midway. Midway's bumping. I mean, it's a good movie. Those others are like not just classic. Like, yeah. how I can understand if you've never seen Midway. I can. What was the other one? About the, the proposal, proposal and then Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Yeah. See, those three, like, if you haven't seen those, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pulp Fiction is tonight, Pulp Fiction, 9.30 like, on Showtime. Oh, man. What about Ant-Man and the Wasp tonight at 10 on Another TNT? Banger. I have seen that one. We're uh, we're big fans of the Marvel movies. Very big fans. So, there you go. That's your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tom Peavy, appreciate yes, you stopping by and hanging out with us today on the show. Hey, man. Clucking up tomorrow. We are. Uh, 40% chance of rain, so hopefully that stays away. We don't believe in rain. No rain, so the chickens be, can play. I'll, I will be coming fresh off of my first bass fishing trip in quite a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm I love be ready. it. I love Let's it. Go. We'll be ready to rock and roll, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday on the program. Absolutely. Cam, we'll see you later in the week. Yes, Thanks sir. for being here. Always. That does it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Thanks again to Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3 Sports for stopping by. For Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.